This is the Christian Fellowship Guild podcast show. Today is Thursday, February 13th, 2020. My name is Alec. Welcome to the show. The title for today's first devotional is, Were You There? It's Acts chapter 2, verse 36, which say, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Have you heard the old spiritual, Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Its powerful lyrics take us to the place where Jesus was crucified, and we tremble. Just a few weeks after Jesus was crucified, a memorable sermon was preached about his death and resurrection from a perhaps unexpected source. Peter boldly proclaimed, You crucified him. Imagine the faces in the crowd when Peter pointed his finger in accusation. The truth, truth is that all of us crucified Jesus. We all were there that day. Jesus died as the consequences of our sin. He took the punishment we deserved so that we may live. When Peter said, He is Lord in Christ, the people under great conviction asked, What must we do? With great clarity, Peter told them to repent of their sins and be baptized. Three thousand repented and trusted in Jesus that day. Although we were not present that day when the 3,000 were saved, we stand with them as the redeemed. The Bible tells of a day when we all will be present. The number of angels, living creatures, and elders was 10,000 times 10,000, and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. All of us were there when Christ was crucified. Will you be there when he is worshipped by his redeemed? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. You took my sin and paid my penalty. I can never praise you enough. I will need all eternity with your redeemed to praise you. Jesus, the worthy one, both Lord and Christ. Amen. And the commentary for this, um, I believe, is a shorter one than usual. It says, From this gift of the Holy Ghost, Peter preaches upon the, unto them Jesus, and here is the history of Christ. Here is an account of his death and sufferings which they witnessed but a few weeks before. His death is considered as God's act, and of powerful, wonderful grace and wisdom. Thus divine justice must be satisfied. God and man brought together again, and Christ himself glorified, according to an external, eternal counsel, which could not be altered. And as the people's act, in them it was an act of awful sin and folly. Christ's resurrection did away with the reproach of his death. Peter speaks largely upon this. Christ was God's Holy One, sanctified and set apart to his service in the work of redemption. His death and suffering should be not only not to him only, but to all his, the entrance to a blessed life forevermore. This event had taken place as foretold, and the apostles were witnesses. Nor did the resurrection rest upon this alone. Christ had poured, out, poured upon his disciples the miraculous gifts and divine influences, of which they witnessed the effects. Through the Savior, the ways of life are made known, and we are encouraged to expect God's presence and his favor forevermore. All this springs from assured belief that Jesus is the Lord and anointed Savior. Our couple's devotional for today is titled, What Are Your Priorities? focuses on Jeremiah chapter 9 verses 23 and 24 which say thus says the Lord let not the wise man boast in his wisdom 
Let not the mighty man boast in, in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Somehow the mailman always makes me curious about what he is going to leave in our barn-like mailbox. Oh yes, we get the junk mail, the catalogs, the bills for the month, the invitations to a special event, and occasionally a letter that makes an impact on our lives. Today was such a day for us. Buried in the midst of a large pile of letters was one from a very personal friend of ours and also a very prominent businessman in our city. As I opened it and took it very carefully from the business envelope, I began to read, Dear Friend and Olson's Customer, what do you do when you make a major change in your business? Move and build new offices so you can be closer to your customers, and then find out that it doesn't take you back to the fun of 20 or 30 years ago in your career, and that what you are doing now is really no longer your life goal, in fact, is really contrary to what is now important in life. I realize the only answer is to share my thoughts and ask your understanding. I have decided to close the store and retire. I am so very proud of our company and its position in the Inland Empire. No employer could ask for a finer bunch of people than our employees, who have given their hearts in trying to establish and maintain the professional standards we have set for ourselves and endeavored to live by. We have laughed, cried, and worked very hard together to accomplish this mission. I salute them and thank them for allowing me to share part of my life with such a fine group. This is a fast-paced and ever-changing world we live in, and retailing is no different. The furniture industry is going through a huge change on a national basis, and I am sure these changes ultimately will offer the public some new choices, which is good. As a business person, I must decide on priorities, goals, and standards. I am going to live and do business by, and then decide the very difficult question if I am willing to pay the price to continue a successful career. I have never felt that I have been able to give my family the attention and energy they deserve and I desire. And I can't see that it is going to get any better, even though I always dreamed it would. The changes in retailing, are, in retailing are most certainly not going to allow for more personal time. My priorities have changed. The decision was not an easy one to make, but one that will be right for me and my family. Thank you for your attention and understanding. Harvey B. Olson As I finished reading this letter, my heart was touched by its sincerity and Harvey's concern for his longtime employees and customers. But I had a greater concern for Harvey and his family. Here was a man who stood tall in the saddle and was able to say, What you are doing now is really no longer your life goal. In fact, is really contrary to what is now important in life. This is a man who has the courage to admit to himself that after 51 years of working in a family business, he no longer wants to continue the sacrifices to keep it afloat. How many of us out there are in the same situation? Be willing to recognize that goals of the past are no longer goals of the future. It's okay to change direction in life. Maybe you and your spouse need to come together and rewrite your purpose in life. It's okay. It's not carved in granite. Don't get caught up in the unimportant things of life. Concentrate on those things that will matter 20 years from now. Your family. What good does it a man to gain the whole world but lose his own family? Major on the... Focus on the major things of life. Break yourself away from the minor things you think are major but really aren't. Let's pray. Father God, as a family, we truly want to discern the, those areas of our life which are important. 
Let us be free for, from spending so much energy, time, and money on things that aren't important. Today's lesson has given us confirmation that a family can change lifelong priorities. Thanks for revealing to me that some things are more important in life than other things. It's okay to change. I appreciate that insight. May we as a couple have godly discernment to focus our lives on the, mo on the most important things. In Jesus' name, amen. We have some... Uh, some action points here. Come on. First, sit down with your mate and reconfirm the direction of your lives. Second, list five things that are truly positive aspects in your life and five things that don't seem to be getting you where you want to go. Third, praise God for the five pluses and then spend time on the five negatives to find new direction in those areas. 4. Set a date on your calendar three months from now to review your progress. And finally, be willing to rewrite some goals that need to be changed. What might they be? List 3. What can you do to change each of these? And uh, we have a little bit of commentary on the original scripture of Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. In this world of sin and sorrow, Ending soon in death and judgment, how foolish for men to glory in their knowledge, health, strength, riches, or in anything which leaves them under the dominion of sin and the wrath of God, and of which an account must hereafter be rendered. It will but increase their misery. Those are the true Israel who worship God in the Spirit, rejoiced in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Let us prize the distinction which comes from God and will last forever. Let us seek it diligently. And finally, we have some uh, some further reading, and we're going to start with Psalm chapter 127, verses 3 through 5. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the, one, are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Matthew chapter 18 verses 1 through 6 At that time the disciples came to Jesus saying who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven and calling to him a child he put in the midst of them and said truly I say to you unless you turn and become like children you will never enter the kingdom of heaven whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven whoever receives one such child in my name's in my name receives me but whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. And finally, Second Corinthians chapter seven, uh, chapter 7, verses 3 and 4. You are in my heart forever, and I live and die with you. I have the highest confidence in you, and my pride in you is great. So, this is a pretty short episode. Um, I know the previous one was... Uh, pretty long because of the commentary but uh, I hope you guys are enjoying again um, I just want to make the announcement that we are on several platforms um, the big ones are um, Spotify Google Podcasts um, as I mentioned yesterday uh, I'll put links on the Christian Fellowship Guild Facebook page to all of the platforms that the show is on and besides that I hope you guys have a wonderful day and I'll see you guys tomorrow.